You are listening to a Radio Free Podcasting production. For more great podcasts like this, head on over to RadioFreePodcasting.com. Hey everyone, it's Patrick, and today is May the 4th, aka Star Wars Day. And we here at the Radio Free Podcasting Network are celebrating with bonus Star Wars themed episodes of all our podcasts. So grab some blue milk, curl up on your nerf skin couch, and enjoy this episode of Pop Culture Forecast. And may the 4th be with you. Extended forecast. But we're not talking about the weather. This is Pop Culture Forecast with your old podcast pal Patrick and special guest hosts Tim, Kevin, Victoria, Big, Carly, and Erica. I have a bad feeling about this. Hello there. It's May 4th, and on this special episode of Pop Culture Forecast, I'm going to be joined by every member of the Radio Free Podcasting Network as we go over a number of upcoming Star Wars projects, from films to television to books and even a hotel. So let's get started with my first recommendation, which releases today, and I'm joined by Tim and Kevin from Radio Free Mandalore as we discuss The Bad Batch. Goo! A test is in order. Five enhanced clones, more capable than an army. Yet they exhibit a concerning level of disobedience in disregard for orders. Why would you suplex one? What else you got? Give me more! Ask what's nothing but trouble. Job done. You'll climb Force 99. You know who we are. Hunter. Let's go. Echo. Hyperdrive's online. Tick. Prepping to jump. Wrecker. Let's blow something up. Yeah. And Crosshair. Your move. I want Clone Force 99 found and wiped out. The galaxy's a dangerous place to be. We need to get out of here. What do you say, kid? You want to come with us? How can I help? The Clone Wars have ended. Either adapt and survive, or die with the past. The decision is yours. We do what we do. Strap in, kid. 
I'm not sold on it. No? It doesn't look that good to me. Because no Ahsoka? Exactly. I'm bullshitting you. Uh, I choose to believe you're telling the truth. I'm you just lying. don't want to admit. Um, it's cool because just kind of had assumed Clone Wars was over. And the Clone Wars are over, but it's a cool way to extend the show. And since they're moving Ahsoka into live action instead of making it about her, about characters we just met at the end of the Clone Wars. So looks cool. Yeah. Hunter gives me this um, Charlie Sheen vibe. I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. I can see that. I, I kept yeah. thinking like a Rambo 2-esque. Rambo yeah, Wars. I mean, I was thinking Rambo 2. But bandana, then, you know, but, like, oh, you know what? Because Charlie Sheen did the um, the spoof. Hot Shots Part 2. There we go. <laughs> when he pulled out, he pulled the Rambo look. That's That's it right there. That's funny. Yeah. If he took like an iron to one side of his face. <laughs> Was that Finnick in the... Yes. You're going to okay. get the Bad Batch, the five of them. You get Finnick, you get Grand Moff Tarkin, and you get Saw. Seems lies. Like this show's going to have lots of lies. Deceptions. Now, the question there is, will he have his real feet? Should. If this, this soon after. Get a long time for him to start losing parts. Uh, this is like the pre-diabetes. Oh, yeah. Kevin. Wouldn't it be great if the, he didn't lose any of his parts in the war itself? He just <laughs> he lost he just them really, to the really sugars. Eating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's that blue milk. Couldn't resist it. I mean, are we to just assume that because they already had like a, a defect in their development that Order 66 didn't work? Because they wouldn't really know to take the chip out. What's your theory? We need theories. We haven't had any theories yet. I can see that. I don't know. I mean, they're... But they're... They're probably not working with them, though, are they? Like, they're not working with any Jedi. But, I mean, Tarkin says, like, he wants them hunted down. So they leave for some reason. Sure. So you think they echo, like, maybe finds out about maybe the Maybe he chips, figures he, it out. He tells them all they somehow get it out or he electrifies yeah. them somehow or does something with his special robot brain. Yeah, like he could plug into the mainframe or something and find something. I don't know. There's got to be some them. reason why none of them are affected by it. And so they either pull the chip or it just doesn't affect them. But see, that's the thing. Echo wasn't actually originally part of the Bad Batch. So if there's some reason why they weren't affected, ah, this makes my brain you hurt. you got to figure Echo. I'm sure they've thought of Echo's something. Echo's been so fucked up and been plugged yeah, in he's and been stuff. So, His brain's probably all right. different. We're wired right now. I don't know. I, I like the idea that they're going to keep elements of the clone wars going without it being the clone wars because there's still a lot of room to play in there there's still a lot of characters that we don't really see anymore like uh what's his name cad bane not not announced for this but could show up at some point like if they're going to get into the bounty hunters and stuff I'd like to see what the bad batch ends up going on to become they could become like a little crew of bounty hunters or mercenaries so there's a lot of maybe we explore more of the 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 dark underworld of star wars through this since they'll be on the run so man on the road. part of me is like, no, I don't want to say tired of that era, but if you're going to do something in that era, do something new in that sure. era. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Agreed. give me a story about clones. It can't just be them going on missions. Here's another Jedi that survived the purge. And then we're going to follow this guy until he inevitably dies before episode four. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I can respect that. Anyways, I'd like to see that. Now I don't remember. Since this comes out today, May the 4th, which is a Tuesday, is it going to be second episode like on Friday or they're not dropping the whole thing, right? No, I think it's going to be by episode. I th- I think that they're going to wait and there's going to be a delay until the next fall. Oh, so it'll be 
one one and then skip a Friday and then the following Friday will be the second episode. Yeah, I wouldn't be. Yeah, because the thing I'm looking at here doesn't have any dates on it. All right, I'd be happy with a Tuesday and a Friday. Give me two. I don't know. They might. They might, or they just might release two episodes on on May the fourth. That'd be yeah. fine. Yeah. Do what Invincible did. Give us three to get us get your beak wet. Get excited. Oh, want to come back for more? I want to get my beak so wet. What? Don't talk about your beak. <laughs> oh, that Tim. Well, this next segment has 100% less Tim Beasley. Here, I'm joined by Carly from the Finer Things podcast as we take a look at the upcoming Star Wars novels set in the High Republic era. We are the guardians of peace and justice. Beyond the stars is a near endless frontier. Our order was meant to shine its light in even the darkest corners of the galaxy. There, we found an evil that none of us had trained for, that threatens all we know. For the survival of the Republic, the fate of all Jedi, for control of the Force itself. So starting in June, we have the next wave of books in the High Republic series, starting with The Rising Storm, which is going to be the adult novel. And I'll just read a little description of what we know so far about it, and we can kind of talk about if we're looking forward to this or not. And I'm going to assume we are. (laughs) Following the dramatic events of Light of the Jedi, the heroes of the High Republic era return to face a shattered peace and fearsome foe. In the wake of the great hyperspace disaster and the heroism of the Jedi, the Republic continues to grow, bringing more worlds together under a single unified banner. Led by Chancellor Lena So, the spirit of unity extends throughout the galaxy with the Jedi and newly established Starlight Beacon Station at the Vanguard. In celebration, the Chancellor plans the Republic Fair, a showcase of the possibility and peace of the expanding Republic, a precept the Jedi hope to foster. Stellan Geos, Bel Zadifar, Elzar Mann, and others join the events as ambassadors of harmony. But as the eyes of the galaxy turn towards the fair, so too does the fury of the Nihil. Their leader, Martian Rowe, is intent on destroying this spirit of unity. His storm descends on the pageantry and celebration, sowing chaos and exacting revenge. As the Jedi struggle to curb the carnage of the rampaging Nihil, they come face to face with the true fear their enemy plans to unleash across the galaxy the kind of fear that even the force cannot shield them from so that's the next book thoughts you gonna read it (laughs) i'm absolutely going to read it i am super looking forward to it and i've never like as we you know discuss on our other podcasts i've never actually gotten into reading star wars books themselves so i'm you know really looking forward to being able to read an actual series about star wars and follow along as we get new releases it was funny when we recorded our episode on light of the jedi 
I had mentioned like there were already two other books in the series that were out and I was like, I'll read something else and then a Star Wars book and something else in the Star Wars book. I ended up reading Into the Dark shortly thereafter. And then as soon as I finished, I just went ahead and read Test of Courage instead of reading something else in between. I was like, this one's really short, so I might as well. So I'm actually, with the exception of the comic books, caught up on High Republic. And they were all good. Okay. Even the, you know, the one that's like young adult, it wasn't dumbed down at all. And it, the one that was even kind of meant for kids, I'm like, it's short, sure. But I mean, it's definitely Star Wars. So I didn't feel like, you know, it was any, any less important. So what I did find is that they all three take place at the exact same time. And they all, everything okay. seems to end with, and even the first issue of the comic books, it all ends with the dedication ceremony of the Starlight Beacon. So that was interesting. So it seems like instead of adults read this line, but if you want to know what's going on, you've got to read everything. I feel like if you want to read the adult line, you're fine. And then the young adult will run parallel and tell its story. And the kid's book will run parallel and tell its story. And they tell you just enough about what happened in Light of the Jedi that you didn't need to read it to know what was going on. They explained who the Nihil were. They explained what had happened and the emergences. And it wasn't a, a huge factor in the story, but it was enough to, to kick some things off and just know that like, oh, we're stuck on this planet because we're waiting until we get the all clear to use hyperspace again. But of course, you know, after reading those, I am still the most excited about Rising Storm. I want to see where this is going because mm -hmm. I feel like that's going to be the main line where the, the story unfolds. And then, and I could be wrong. I mean, maybe they'll all go off in their own directions, but it definitely feels like as long as you read that one, you're, you're good for kind of knowing what's going on in the other one. So yeah. I see some familiar names in this description of a couple Jedi we already know from this one. I'm trying to remember, what was, do you remember the name of the Jedi who was going to be stationed on Starlight? And I think she died. That one was... Tayami, I think. I think so. And, and at one point in the book, she makes a comment about like uh, waiting for her Padawan to arrive there as well, or like joining her yes. on Starlight Beacon. Uh -huh. So in, Into the Dark is his story. Okay. And he's on his way to meet her. And then he gets sidetracked because of the, because of what happens in that book. And then he goes on an adventure and then Test of Courage, it had kind of like fewer connections but it was definitely taking place at the same time and then they ended up at starlight beacon at the end so it'll be interesting if each of these just run their own course through it so you could kind of choose you don't have to feel like like some of the other star wars stuff i felt like if you really want to know what's going on even though there's a line for an adult and a line for kids and there's cartoons they were all referencing each other a lot so you're like wait a minute do i need to cover everything so this is this I like because I could, I mean, I could fall off the kids book at some point and not feel like I don't know what's going on in the main line. You mm -hmm. know, they might reference it, but they're doing a good job of telling you what you need to know. Yeah. And I think what's going to be really interesting is seeing how, you know, Rising Storm is essentially a direct sequel of Light mm -hmm. of the Jedi, but it's written by a completely different author. You know, yes. even though they're all, they're all working together, they're all creating the storyline together. You know, every author has their own writing style. So right. it's going to be a little different. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering if it's if it'll be a thing where, you know, like we'll just use us. Like like if if you and I were writing a book, we'll have shared characters. But like what I'm writing, my guy will be the main character, and and then when you're writing, you'll take one of like the more side characters, and they're your main character. Like so, that's you'll find like the author's voice in a Jedi. I think that would be interesting because mm -hmm. you see some of the names here I recognize from the other books, but I don't was Stellan Geos in it, or was that that wasn't one of the main. Jedi from the book, right? I don't think it was Maine. I think we might have seen the name. Right. So I, I'm kind of guessing that's what's going to happen is they'll do like these team ups where, okay, now I'm writing. So my Jedi is going to be in the forefront, but I know, you know, we've got some, some characters that the, the readers know now. Mm -hmm. So, and I liked that everything led, all the books led up to Starlight Beacon. So you kind of put, you have all these Jedi spread out when it starts and you put them all at the same place at this point 
and now you can mix it up. So, you know, the, the comics could take somebody from one book and someone from another book and send them on an adventure together. Yeah. So they're in a really good place. The same day, we have the next book in the kids' books coming out, and that is called Race to Crash Point Tower. The Republic Fair is coming. Visitors from all over the galaxy are traveling to the planet Valo for a massive, awe-inspiring festival celebrating the Republic. While his fellow Valens prepare for the fair, Jedi Padawan Ram Jomarin is hiding out in his favorite place, a dingy garage filled with mechanical parts and tools. But when a security alarm goes off on the nearby hilltop named Crash Point Peak, he ventures out with his trusty droid V-18 to investigate. There, he discovers that someone has knocked out Valo's communication tower, a frightening sign that Valo and the Republic Fair are in danger. Sure enough, as Ram races to warn the Jedi, the dreaded Nihil unleash a surprise attack. It's up to Ram to face down the enemy at Crash Point Tower and send a call for help to the Republic. Luckily, he's about to get some assistance from unexpected new friends. And see, once again, like none of those characters were in any of the books I've read before. Now, the the other person that's on the cover of this book might be someone from the other kids book, Mm -hmm. The Test of Courage. I think it might be, Um, but who knows? So that's going to be interesting, too, to see how they connect and they can keep introducing new people. We don't get the same, you know, like the old Star Wars books. It all revolved around the five, same like five or six characters. Right. Um, and then they did create some of their own, but they weren't the they were they were always secondary to Luke, Leia, Han, Lando, Chewie, C three PO, R two D two. Like that's it. Every story was really about them for the longest time. So this is really cool. And then a month later, we get the third, and this is the young adult one. And this is called Out of the Shadows. The darkest secrets are the hardest to bring to light. Sylvester Yarrow is on a streak of bad luck with no end in sight. She's been doing her best to keep the family cargo business going after her mom's death. But between mounting debt and increasing attacks by the Nihil on unsuspecting ships, Syl is in danger of losing all she has left of her mother. She heads to the galactic capital of Coruscant for help, but gets sidetracked when she's drawn into a squabble between two of the Republic's most powerful families over a patch of space on the frontier. Tangled up in familiar politics is the last place Syl wants to be, but the promise of a big payoff is enough to keep her interested. Meanwhile, Jedi Knight Vernesta Rowe has been summoned to Coruscant, but with no idea why or by whom. She and her Padawan, Emery Cantaros, arrive at the capital along with Jedi Master Comac Vetus and his Padawan, Wreath Silas, and are asked to assist with the property dispute on the frontier. But why? Why is it, What is so important about an empty patch of space? The answer will lead Vernestra to a new understanding of her abilities and take Syl back to the past and truths that will finally come out of the shadows. So in this one, this Sylvester Yarrow is a brand new character that wasn't mm-hmm. in any of the books. But all, all the characters mentioned in that second part, all the Jedi, those were both from the young adult book and the kids. The, the or I think they call it early readers, okay. but the kids book. Like those cross over now. So. It's cool. It's it's building on a world, and I'm sure they're going to do it in such a way that you ha- you don't need to have right. read the other books to know who the characters are. They'll catch you up. So it's not a doesn't sound like a direct sequel, but we've introduced enough people that they can they can play with them and, mm-hmm. and move them around. So I don't know three books in just right? under a month. Very exciting. And so like the last ones came out like January to February. So it sounds like the same kind of thing. Like maybe every five six months they'll they'll put out another wave. And I like this. And I also think I prefer it to just a book a month because then it would start to feel relentless. But you get kind of your fix of Star Wars. And if you want, you could just sit down and knock them all out in a a couple of days. So 
I'm excited. Very excited for this stuff. Yeah. And then since they're kind of, some of their storylines are following the same thing, you know, like we said in, you know, the first wave, they all end on the Starlight Beacon dedication ceremony, mm-hmm. having them all come out at the same time. If they're, you know, if their stories overlap at all, then, you know, you're not having, you know, maybe the YA readers who only want to read the YA books know what's going to happen in the story before maybe the adult readers who only want to read the adult books. So, right. Yeah, because that story is going on at the same time somewhere else. You don't feel like, wait, I feel like I missed like six mm-hmm. months of story here. What happened? You know, um, and it, it was it was good the way they did it in some of those other books where they would they would as a reader, you find out what's happening in Light of the Jedi because the characters are finding out and they're talking to each other about it. So they don't just tell you, hey, reader, you need to know this. It'll be like they'll get the report that the the ship came out of hyperspace in pieces and then they don't know exactly what's going on until later. And then they find out, okay, hyperspace is open again. Oh, wait, there's these guys called the Nihil. Like they're finding out and you find out through them, not just, you don't have to read like previously on Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the new stuff coming out in books. And I am pretty excited about it. And the fact that like, this is the second wave of books, but this is still all considered the first wave of High Republic era. So this could mm-hmm. go on for years. So if they keep the quality up, I'm, I'll am i be invested the entire time. Yeah, me too. Spinning out of The Mandalorian Season 2 is The Book of Boba Fett. In this next segment, I'm joined by Nick and Victoria from the Multiversal Remote Podcast as we discuss this new series coming to Disney Plus this holiday season. excited about it um and i really hope that i get into it and i'm sure that i will um but i i'm gonna be a hypocrite when i say this because i'm really excited about the obi-wan kenobi Mm -hmm. series coming out but i get really frustrated when these universes do so many different side series it just it really frustrates me Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I'm not watching Falcon Winter Soldier right now, because I'm so burned out on the Marvel Universe. I'm so burned out. I don't care. I'm probably not going to watch Loki. Um, I haven't watched... Um, WandaVision. WandaVision. Thank you. Um, I haven't watched WandaVision um, because I'm just so sick of those stories. 
And I don't want to feel that way about Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And Star Wars, we already have 500 movies, 500 video games, 500 books, 500 everything. And I just feel like this is going to start going in the direction of the Marvel Universe, where it's just so much content overload um, that I'm already preemptively getting burnt out on it. So I'm, I'm really hesitant about... The Boba Fett series. Once I get through more of Clone Wars, I think I'll probably feel differently because I know Boba Fett is featured in it. Um, mm-hmm. So I might be a little bit more invested in his storyline. But it's just not... There's not enough of a hook there for me to to captivate my interest. Yeah. I feel the same in a lot of ways. I'm, I'm not necessarily the same as why I'm not excited about it, but I'm, I'm also not excited about it for the simple reason of like if i were to make the best coolest awesome boba fett tv show it would have been the mandalorian Mm -hmm. so like what are you gonna do (laughs) that's gonna be better than that so i think i i've got a, a problem with it there because they did such a good job on the mandalorian that like the obi-wan tv show i'm is different like that one i'm really excited about because we don't have a television show with a jedi like that. that's true whereas yeah whereas we have a really great mandalorian <laughs> tv show already and i totally get that like boba fett's not necessarily to be compared and it's not the same thing but i think it's a little too close so i i don't know i mean they'd have to do as good a job as they did with the mandalorian to get me excited about it and that's a high bar that they're starting yeah. on whereas with obi-wan like i mean it's you and mcgregor so i'm gonna love it no matter what kind of thing right but the bar is lower because it's different and hayden christensen's coming back too oh seriously mm-hmm. that'll be yeah. it's nice to get oh, yeah. i'm so excited two. about that mm-hmm. that'll be good i like hayden christensen a lot more now that i've seen clone wars than i did when i just saw episode three yeah <laughs> me too yeah, but that's that's the reason I'm not thrilled about it because I think the bar is unreasonably high because of the Mandalorian. Whereas if they right. had started with Boba Fett, like that would have been different and kind of thing. So you know they were originally going to make a Boba Fett film and it just fell apart. Really, it was supposed to be the film. Yeah. So when oh, they yeah, like when, Rogue when, One, when, right? When Disney bought uh, when Disney bought Lucasfilm, it was going to be six. Mo- they announced they were doing six movies. It was three. You know, episode seven, eight, nine, Rogue One, Solo, and Boba Fett. In fact, Boba Fett might have been after Rogue One or maybe even before Rogue One. Like they, they had test footage that they were going to show at one of their conventions, and then they had so many issues with the director that they pulled the footage. They did decided not to show any of it because they weren't sure what was going to happen with the film. So I think that this is their way of saying, okay, we were going to do this Boba Fett story. We're not going to do it as a movie anymore because now we have the option to do television. And so when The Mandalorian was announced, I kept hearing people incorrectly saying, oh, it's going to be a Boba Fett show. And I had already read that it wasn't. So I think that this was their way of, of spinning it out of, of a popular show already. But like I think about what you said of how it, it's very similar to The Mandalorian. But I think what you're getting in The Mandalorian is it's almost like he started at the same place as Boba Fett. He's a, he's a bounty hunter in Mandalorian armor. But he becomes more heroic as the show goes on. He forgets so much about doing a bounty. He's on a, he's on a quest now. And I think that Boba Fett is going to be the flip side of that. It's going to be like the, the dark side of that. It's, he's going full on like leader of the underworld mm. at this point, like taking over Jabba's mm-hmm. throne. 
And so I think that they can show, they can do them parallel. I am sad that this means that, because this is going to be the show that we get at Christmas, which makes me think Mandalorian season three might not be till next Christmas. And I don't want to have to wait a whole year, an extra year for that. But I don't know how much of that might also be COVID related. But Book of Boba Fett is set for December of 2021. And Mandalorian season three is just listed as TBA. But I don't know, like when they announced a Boba Fett movie years ago, I was like, oh, that'd be cool. And then as time went on, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know that I need that. Right. Like, Rogue One was so good, and I, and I was like, maybe don't do a story about a, a char- an existing character and just fleshing them out more. Give me something brand, brand mm-hmm. new. But I'm okay with it as a TV show, because if it's great, it'll get a season two. And if it's not, it'll just be like, here's this little side story we told. So when I think about like what you said, Vic, with the burnout, like there's a lot of stuff on this list of Star Wars stuff that's coming out. So I could see that, but I, I also think it could get to the point, if it's done right, that you're able to just pick and choose the parts that you like. I hope it doesn't become a thing where if you haven't watched all of it, then none of it makes sense. That's true. And Star Wars has always been that way, to be fair, where you could pick up Mm -hmm. any of the movies at all and enjoy them or any of the books or any of the video games and not have to have any context. And of course, the context adds to the story, but you don't have to have all of the canon knowledge in order to enjoy the media content, no matter what it is. Even Mandalorian. You don't have to know anything about Star Wars to enjoy the Mandalorian. True. And like even even the old books back in the day, it's like, have you seen four, five, and six? You'll be fine. You'll 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 know who these yeah. people are. You don't need to read the comics to enjoy the books. You don't have to vice versa. They make reference to Clone Wars now, but you don't need to have seen every episode of Clone Wars to understand what's going on. A lot of the stuff. So my hope is that we get to a point with the Star Wars stuff, like like the next show that's coming out after Boba Fett is the Cassian Andor one. So like, it will help that you've seen Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> but you won't need to have seen Solo or you don't need to have even seen 789 to understand and or I'd be I'd be happy if they kind of do that like we'll branch out in certain areas like you like Rogue One okay we have Andor you like the prequels we've got Obi-Wan for you and if you liked Mandalorian we're going to do something a little different I think it's going to have a lot of connective tissue to the Mandalorian so it's almost like a Mandalorian season three but without having the Mandalorian in it and if they keep the quality up, because it is, you know, this is also going to be done by John John Favreau. It's John Favreau and Dave Filoni. So it's it's the people that brought us the Mandalorian doing kind of the next, it may not be the next season of Mandalorian, but it seems to be the next chapter in the story they mm-hmm. want to tell. And if you only were to watch Mandalorian and Boba Fett, then it really is just one series a year, which is not too much. No, that's yeah. not so bad. It's, it's trying to keep up with all the yeah. other stuff. No, that, that makes sense. And I will say the, the one piece that... They, they could throw in as a, a, not a saving grace, but just a immediate, I, I was going to say touchdown, but I don't know if that's even the right use of what a touchdown is. <laughs> we don't know what a touchdown is. <laughs> We're not sports immediate people. Immediate goal, immediate win, plus one secret level, golden mushroom. An immediate golden oh, mushroom. Immediate mushroom, okay. Is uh, if they bring in the oh, uh, Darth Maul's organization that owns the huts. Sure. Sure, because mm. uh, I would have because loved you you to have all these different that. crime families that they've they've set up, Red and Dawn. Um, Crimson uh, Red Dawn, Dawn is Crimson the Patrick Dawn. Swayze. <laughs> <laughs> Dawn, Dawn. Exactly. We're gonna have Patrick Swayze come. But back. like, if you remember, like from some of the the Clone Wars, like you get to see all the different criminal enterprises. You just don't go too far into it, and so I would be interested to see if that's what this becomes. He consolidates power of over all of them. Doesn't at the time of Solo, Darth Maul have control of the huts? He has control of Crimson Dawn. The Huts are their their own 
The huts are just the huts. I thought in the Clone Wars he takes he takes over the huts as well. But I thought the huts and the, the there's like three other ones that they consistently mention are under Crimson Dawn. Uh, uh, well, he cons- Maul consolidated power too in Clone Wars, so he might have had all of them at one point. But but you know by this point, by the time we get to Book of Boba Fett, Maul's been dead for I don't know eight years or something. So oh, I'm sure they're sense. all broken okay. up again would be my guess okay well i either way i'd still love to see more of what maybe what happened yeah what happened with crimson dawn or what's going what did like some more of that because i do think crimson dawn had control of the huts at the end of clone wars if i remember that right uh but possibly yeah you're right in that obviously that wouldn't still be the case if maul's dead so i I'd, i'd love to know more of what happened at the end of solo and if they could put that into boba fett then i'll be a happy camper Otherwise, the bar is set kind of high for its own story. <laughs> Long ago, there was going to be a television show called Star Wars Underworld that took place between three and four that kind of explored all of that. And um, they were working on, I think, at the time of the sale. Well, no, it was announced in 2005. It just it was going to be very expensive. I know they were going to spend a ton of money on it, but um, it I don't know at what point it fell apart, but they, I think they still have all those scripts. So although this show doesn't take place in that period, they could adapt a lot of the stuff they were going to do for that show. And that's what I think I find interesting is that I think it will kind of have a, a starting point like from Mandalorian because it's branching off from that. But I think it's going to go in a really different direction and we'll get to see some some things from Star Wars that we don't really see a lot of. Like we get hinted at, like we know there's bounty hunters, um, but they haven't done a lot in there. So I'm I'm uh, cautiously optimistic. I, I mean, I trust the people making it. I think they did such a great job with Mandalorian and, and exceeded a lot of my expectations or surprised me in different That's ways true. that even though I know who the central character is, I have no idea what the show is going to be. So That's true. That is yeah, something about the Mandalorian that I really loved is that it wasn't predictable. Um, mm-hmm. And I find that that's... That's difficult to do these days. It's hard to find TV shows that aren't predictable. Um, And The Mandalorian was just a wild card every episode. I had no idea what to expect or how they were connected to each other. So if nothing else, Mm -hmm. I do hope that, well, Boba Fett will be that way when it begins, at least. I don't know what to expect from it whatsoever, but... Um, right. hopefully if it, if it maintains that energy, I think, I think it'll be just fine. In this next segment, I'm joined by Erica from the Finer Things Club podcast as we discuss Galactic Star Cruiser, the Star Wars hotel coming to Florida in 2022. Erica, you've been to Walt Disney World recently. Yes. Yeah, I may have Or is asked... that a secret? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I was like, no, wait no. a minute. Maybe you don't want me talking about that. Okay, so I did go once during the pandemic. I followed all CDC guidelines. I got tested before, after, quarantined. When I came back, wore masks the whole time. Everything was followed. Felt very safe going to Disney World. Very but cool. the time before that was the cooler trip because I accidentally went to Walt Disney World with my parents the opening weekend of Rise of the Resistance. Did you see any any like construction on the hotel or, or any of the pieces that were that connect to the park? Did you see any of that? So, I did not realize this hotel that they're building is going to actually be like an entrance to the park. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was going to be the standalone and I I may stalk the maps on the app because sometimes uh-huh. <laughs> you see them like block off a weird shape of shading colors and you're like, oh, that's where it's going. Mm-hmm. I saw no construction, but I think that's also because of where they're putting it. If their run Disney races would have happened this year, because that's why I went there is it was marathon weekend. I think I would have seen it based on where the course took us. But 
these sneaky, sneaky sneaks. Mm-hmm. I am not seeing this construction, and I'm super jealous, and I may be looking at trips right now to figure out how I can go see this construction. <laughs> I have a trip plan, like, no dates, just yeah. as, like, a bucket list item to go back, and, and now I'm just like, well... There's no point in going until it's open and I can get in. Yes. Because I don't want to go and the hotel's open and I can't do it. So I, I watching the video again today, I was like, I can't wait to stay there. I, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, it's going to be so pricey and it's always going to be full. And then I was like, wait, it's a two-night experience. So they have to cycle people through. Yeah. So you can stay somewhere else for a few nights and then stay there for two nights. So I like that. I like that people won't be hogging it for like two weeks. <laughs> right. Well, so that's the only part I haven't wrapped my head around. Is it truly like you stay at this hotel inside for two days, two nights, and then you can go experience the rest of the properties? Or are you able to no, like I th- leave? Well, I think that you can go from there. They have directly from that hotel to Galaxy's Edge. Yes. There's going to be like a gate, but and, and it's I don't know that the hotel is necessarily right by Galaxy's Edge. I think they have a transport, and it yeah. makes it look like you're landing on the planet, right? So if you can go into Galaxy's Edge, then you could, of course, just leave the park and go wherever you want. I, I'm guessing maybe they just limit the experience of being there two days. Okay. And because because it's kind of not just a hotel, but an experience, it's almost like you're on a two-day ride. But yeah. you have to be able to come and go. They can't hold you hostage. But I, I kind of like that. So... It won't be a thing where people go every time we go to Disney World, we stay there for a week and it loses its mm-hmm. kind of loses the shine. Like like you go and you experience it. And if you really want to experience it again, you book another two yep. days and you do the. So I, what I'm thinking that means is like when you first come in, you go through the, the full experience of, you know, flying, flying in quotes, <laughs> flying up to the hotel. And when you when you check out, you have the experience of leaving and in between you're probably you go in and out through the park or they probably have another way to to get out to the city and like if you're just like i need to run out to cvs or something, <laughs> like, they're not gonna be like sorry go to disney world exit through the park yeah well i didn't, um, I didn't know so i have a lot of questions about yeah. it but it the idea that it's not just a hotel like the hotel is part of the experience makes me super excited to go yeah out. to me i'm like is this like a mini cruise ship type hotel that you were doing all these activities for these two days to really get that experience and then go explore everything else. Mm. But that's, it's, it's just this very much two day, two night, all immersive experience that I'm trying to. They probably have, a, I, my guess is they have enough stuff there that if you wanted to stay in the hotel and not leave for two days that you could do it. But I also think they can't just, if that were the case, there'd be no reason to have it connect to Gal- Galaxy's yeah. Edge because it's not like they're going to say, okay, you can go to Galaxy's Edge when your two-day stay is over and we'll dump you off in the middle of the park with all your bags. You know? like, <laughs> Very true. Unless, you know, and, and they probably have stuff set up too where it's like, what hotel are you staying? Which Disney hotel are you staying out after your two days are up and we'll just send your stuff over there. Yeah. So you could potentially check out and go to the park. But I, yeah, I can't wait. It's been a while since I've been to disney world mm-hmm. like the, to the whole, all the parks down there and then it was kind of like i'll wait to go again until galaxy's edge is open and now i'm feeling like well a lot of the stuff i know there's some differences but a lot of the stuff at galaxy's edge i've seen in california so if i'm really going to go again i should wait until the hotel opens to get a completely new unique experience out of it the star wars celebration that was supposed to happen this past year, they delayed it. They were smart. They didn't delay it one year. They delayed it two full years. So I figure at that point, I'll go back to to Galaxy's Edge in California and get my fix there. So that should hold me over until 
whenever this hotel opens. Yeah, I go to Disneyland May 12th. I'm very excited. I'm going to, my friend gets to experience Rise of the Resistance for the first time. So if you need me to get you any crystals, let me know, because I usually procure some little bit too stuff for you. I've got them all now. (laughs) I've got the whole set. And the only one I don't have is the black one, which... That, that's going to be... I'm not going to spend no. the money on eBay to get it. Yeah. <laughs> My friend, she is not a Star Wars, but her fiancé works in Ogus Cantina. And the, mm-hmm. the rule was if she got a black crystal, she would go build a lightsaber. Second day that she tried, she got the black crystal. No. And I was like, how? How did this happen? So she has this lightsaber oh, and she built a droid. So... They're very much, I think, going to be doing this hotel as well. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping that it won't be the hardest reservation to get for hotels, though. But I feel like it might be for a while. I think it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, I really do. I think it's going to be awful. But, but it'll be, I, from what I've seen, just from the little bit that we've seen in that two-minute clip, it looks like it's going to be so incredibly worth yeah. it. So, can't wait. Yes. In this final segment, I am joined once again by the one and only Beasley. And we discuss Rogue Squadron, coming to theaters in 2023. I love to move fast and speed of any kind. I think that that's because I grew up the daughter of a great fighter pilot, and every day I would wake up and go outside and look up see my father and his squadron taking off and their F-4s roaring across the sky and it was the most thrilling thing still I've experienced in my entire life. So when he lost his life in service to this country, it ignited a desire in me to turn all of that tragedy and thrill into one day making the greatest fighter pilot movie of all time. But try as I might, um, and Top look Gun? as I did, I couldn't find the right story. Um, Top Gun Maverick? I kept looking and looking, but I just couldn't find the right one until now. Now I found a movie about two things I love. So I'm going to see you very soon. So what are the two things that she loves? Uh, fighter pilot stuff and Star Wars. <laughs> was it, was it, what, day, what day is it? <laughs> was it peanut butter and jelly? Well, those are the two things that I it's love. peanut butter jelly time. Peanut, peanut butter, butter jelly, jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Way, 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 Peanut butter jelly makes well bad. I I had seen this already, but it's still good. Like, yeah, I th- I thought it was cool. She's like, you know, skating around. I'm like, that's cool. Then she like takes pants off. I was like, what's going on? Like, what's happening here? Then you see her. I'm, she's still moving around. I'm like, what is she yeah. doing? Then she pops up with that fight scene. I'm like, that's badass. Yeah, yeah. Put that helmet on, girl. Hell yeah. Yeah. The only downside is it's not till 2023. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's gonna be a while. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is, it's as far as I know, unless they change their mind, they're moving. They're they're not moving, but they're planning it for Christmas. So no more May Star Wars. I love me some Christmas Dude, Star we, Wars. 
We said this years, years ago. ago. They Christmas, just a new Star Wars movie mm-hmm. every Christmas. I mean, even if it's Let's not, go. even if it's not every Christmas, I would love it if it was. But I'm fine with this break. No, every this, Christmas. Okay. Well, no, I wouldn't. Every listen, Christmas. I'm not. I'm not arguing that it shouldn't be. But I'm saying even if it's uh, not, I mean, every, you just said it should be only oh. at Christmas. <laughs> Star Wars for Christmas. That. Star Wars is the best Christmas present. That's lovely. I I would say, if we hadn't had to deal with the fan reactions to the last few movies, hot and cold, I'd be fine with every year. But I, right now, I'm okay with a little bit of a break. And when we come back, maybe it'll be a kind of a different climate for Star Wars, and people will miss it again and just just accept it. It's not a trilogy film, so we don't have to worry about people's expectations that it wasn't what they wanted. Like, yeah, unless they unless they make this movie and there's not a single X-wing in it. There is nothing to complain well, about. <laughs> how do you? I mean, it's it literally says Rogue Squadron with an X-wing in it. That's it my point. Can have. That's my point. It better have a thousand of them. So. And and I'm glad the next thing they're not doing is, a trilogy or. The next the next in the Skywalker saga like oh we're back. Ray's gonna die in this one, and it's gonna be about her apprentice. And I just let's go do something different. <laughs> so, yeah, I had the same that reaction kiss, when I watched it. That kiss somehow impregnated. Yeah, her. I know, right? <laughs> I think it'll be cool. I'm excited. I, uh, I'm gonna name you Kylo Ben after your father. Kylo Ben <laughs> after your two names. <laughs> Your father's two names. After the, after the two sides of your father's heart. Oh my God, no! And I know there were tons of Rogue Squadron books, but I hope it's just brand new story. Now, would you want any kind of uh, loose connection to Rogue One? Granted, everybody's dead, but they've kind of said in some of the expanded stuff that maybe Rogue Squadron took their like made their name in homage to the heroes of the Rogue One mission? Huh, that's an interesting question. Because now, it'll be two Have of the three... Have when this is supposed to be? No, but... If you look at the Star Wars films, the existing ones, there was no Rogue Squadron in A New Hope. Rogue Squadron shows up for the first time in Empire, on, on Hoth, I believe. It's the first time you hear that name. And I'll have to go back and see if that's still, if that was like official canon or, you know, internet speculation. But I'm pretty sure the kind so, of the going theory is, is they, that's that. I think it was Red Squadron, which was Luke's squadron, renames themselves yeah. Rogue Squadron in honor of the heroes of Rogue One. I mean, I they mean, don't even need cool. to. So it may, like someone, some like taking place between. Mm-hmm. Like in that three-year gap? Yeah. Okay. I'd be down for that. Mm -hmm. Just, I don't need it to be huge. Just a nice little, like, like almost like this is this, not a sequel to Rogue One, but, you know, they refer to things as like a spiritual sequel. Like, there's connective tissue. Like, well, I feel like it's got to be, it's got to be a spiritual sequel in the sense of, I'm hoping, if we're talking about a a movie all about a squadron of TIE fighter, of, of, of X-Wings, right? Mm-hmm. They've got to just be fighting ties left and right. It's just got to... I mean, she says she wants to make the greatest, like, 
what'd you say? F- uh, fighter plane battle mm-hmm. movie ever, right? Yep. So I got to assume that it's just going to be pure fighting, pure action. Mm-hmm. And to me, the one, the one real Star Wars movie was Rogue One. So yeah. I would think it would be in that same vein. Yeah, I would think showing so. the squadron put together. Maybe the squadron gets put together. Maybe it's Red Squadron renamed. Maybe it's a whole different squadron. I don't really know. I haven't looked into the canon that far on it. Yeah, and I didn't read any you know old EU stuff on mm-hmm. any of this. So I'm kind of going into this fresh. I guarantee you, I will not. Wait for I will look for spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> for this kind of my shit. my guess is other ones I don't care about. I, Star Wars I'm gonna look into. I kind of wonder if it's gonna be taking place after Jedi. Like this is the newer the New Republic versus the the last bit of the Empire. Because otherwise, how do you uh, account for Luke not being part of Rogue Squadron anymore? Like that that'd be the easy way to do it. And then you don't okay. have to deal with so, Vader, the Empire, like, or I mean, uh, the Emperor, all that stuff. Like, they're done, but the em- the Empire was still a huge force to be dealt with after that. They just, you know, didn't have an Emperor, per se. That'd be my guess. Well, isn't the, um, what's the other TV show that's coming out? The um, Rangers of the New Rangers. Republic? And I think that takes yeah. place more in the Mandalorian timeline around that, like a few, several years after. This, this, so I you wonder. Think this will be right I, after. I it. would think, or I mean, you could shoehorn it between Empire and Jedi, and like Luke's off making his lightsaber. Sure. So you could do that, but I almost wonder, like, hmm, that still could work. Get the same kind of ending. Vader comes in at the end in his Tie Fighter and kills everyone. <laughs> no, we don't want that. See what was. What was that book we read? The Master and Apprentice one when he jumps out of a TIE fighter mm-hmm. and lands on a carrier and then claws his way inside. I'm like, fuck me. You're the scariest thing in this galaxy, dude. Like, to essentially launch yourself from a TIE fighter as a humanoid torpedo towards a battleship. They still need to give us a um, a Star that, Wars. That exact scene? That, right, that scene, do. yes. I but... want to see it a Star Wars horror film where like some, some rebels crash land on a planet, like their ship crashes and so does Vader's tie. And they just know he's on the planet hunting them down <laughs> one at a time. Like Jason, <laughs> do it, do it now. <laughs> well, I do hope that this has some connective tissue to rogue one and is considered kind of like a spiritual sequel because then going all the way back to our second episode ever of radio free Mandalore, when I predicted a, a movie called rogue two, I'll consider myself right. I, I, I believe Rogue One will be a standalone until I write the script for Rogue Two. Lucasfilm, hit me up. Coming, but, coming fall 2016. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big pull, dude. Yeah, well, you know. It's a special day. <laughs> That'd be fun, though. I just wish it wasn't so far away. away. I know, I kept thinking it yeah, was I 2022. We literally had the exact same thought there, like... <laughs> Fuck, that's a long way. I, away, I was man. looking it up in preparation for the show. I'm like, this is 2022, right? This is Christmas 22. I'm like, Christmas 23. Oh God. Here's here's what I love about Disney, Marvel, and DCEU is is just on the outskirts of this, but mm. like these companies, I feel like they're trying to tell me to 
get into shape, eat healthier. So you live like, long. They want me to stay alive. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's funny because I listen to Kevin Smith talk about stuff every now and again, right? I used mm. to listen to him a lot more. Just been so busy, but he cracks me up and he's like, I've got shit to live for. Marvel, mm. man. Like, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how I feel. But I'm, I'm writing this same book. We talked about it last week. Like, why would you wait to watch all of Winter Soldier, uh, you know, Falcon Winter Soldier all at once? You get hit by a bus tomorrow. Yep. Right. And that really sucks because I'm a single dude. I don't have kids to raise. And like, I've got friends with kids. I don't really like them. Kidding. But <laughs> like, this is what I look forward to. Like, yeah. there's only a few things in my life that I'm like, ooh, like, this makes me get up in the morning and do work because I get to watch this on Friday. Yep. You know? Yep. This is just a long fucking way away, but I need to like have some salads or something. Well, I'm just going to, I'm going to eat it and I'm going to be like, Rogue One, Rogue One, Rogue One. Well, think about well, it. I guess Rogue Two, Rogue Two, Rogue, Rogue Two. Two. I'm going to refer to this movie as Rogue Two until a dick comes out. But think of it this way. Now that we know we've got a Star Wars movie on the horizon, pair that with the uh, possible periodic return of Radio Free Mandalore, you're going to have so many internet theories. I'm trying to reduce my stress levels and be healthier, Patrick. But this is where you come to work You're that shit out. Get me... This is where you come to work that shit out. You come to the podcasts, you bring me your theories, and then we poke holes in them. Not your theories. Let me let me clarify. You bring me the shitty Not theories. My theories. <laughs> God, I was Although listening I to still... another podcast the other day and they were talking about uh they were talking about the the last five Star Wars movies, basically mostly the sequel trilogy. And then Somebody had mentioned, you know, Star Wars fans being unhappy. And the, the other guy was like, no, it wasn't just Star Wars fans. You know what ruined it for everybody was the shitty internet theories that were coming out every week. <laughs> and he just went on this tangent about people and their expectations and then trying to make connections that weren't there and posting it. And then he was like, if it weren't for that, people would have been a lot happier with the movies. And he's like, oh, oh, Snoke is going to be Mace Windu. And I was like, yes, <laughs> he listens to our show. <laughs> <laughs> It was so good. Here's like every now and again, one of those theories is right. I mean, Ray turned out to be a Palpatine. goddammit. Right. But shit, I think that you theory was not, out there no, before the they decided. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Here's well, the they thing. probably. No, JJ was like, "Ooh, <laughs> like, yeah." He's ooh, like, "I don't know how to end this movie. Bring me all the internet theories and let me see which one I like best." <laughs> but here's the thing: if you if you every week you say she's somebody else, eventually one of them's gonna be right. It's the whole broken clock or what is it broken clocks right twice a day she's still she was, a kenobi in my eyes yeah seriously she's a, she's a she's a gin to me she'll always be a gin what <laughs> qui-gon you mean her? not, oh, not a gin not j-y-n j-i-n-n <laughs> no not like what do you mean j-y-n not j-y-n like Urso? no not gin not j-y-n qui-gon gin she's descended from qui-gon gin Palpatine no. lied to her. <laughs> no. I disagree with that point. Qui-Gon was true of heart and spirit. He would never put his PP in anything. Oh no, I heard he was packing. Um He was <laughs> <laughs> He's all about sticking his lightsaber into doors and people. That's true. And robots. He he liked to stick his lightsaber into robots. Dude, he was packing such a big lightsaber, he cut those robots in half when he stuck it in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now you're good. Oh, God. Rogue 2. Rogue 2. Rogue 2.
Well, that's going to do it for this special May the 4th episode of Pop Culture Forecast. Thank you so much for listening, and a huge thanks to all of my co-hosts from the Radio Free Podcasting Network for not only participating in this episode, but also for recording special episodes of their own podcasts for Star Wars Day. We'll see you right back here later today and every Tuesday for our regular five-day forecast. Until then, may the 4th be with you. Thanks for listening. Pop Culture Forecast is a proud member of the Radio Free Podcasting Network. For more information and to find other great podcasts, visit RadioFreePodcasting.com. I've got a great idea for a Star Wars movie. I call it Rogue Three.